Yes, that's right. You can call me crazy. This is Ehud, son of Dennis, coming to you live with It's a Religion, talking about faith, talking about joy, talking about the God who created you and sustains all of us, whether you believe in him or not. And of course, we encourage you to do so, to believe in the Lord Jesus and what he did for us. We're coming to you live from the middle west of the divided states of America and to the republic for which they stand, two nations under God, with liberty and justice for some. And I would say that I've always looked at that, the, the justice piece of that statement, as it applies to people in the world, people in this life. And when I see things like the injustice played against Donald Trump and the injustice done in regard to people like the Bidens and the Clintons and folks that just get away with uh, a lot of things without true justice, without equal application of the law per se. There is one who will apply it equally, who is not a respecter of persons. You may see things in this world and think, oh, God really doesn't care because there's evil in the world. God doesn't care because he's allowing this to occur to me or to somebody I love, per se. And yet he is there. And yet there will be justice. The problem we have is we don't think of it in terms of a heavenly thing or when the the Lord comes back one day and creates a, a more equitable situation for the thousand years he's going to reign on this earth before the end, the true end, and the judgment comes. But in the meantime, the Bible says rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. Stand fast in the Lord. Those of you who believe and trust in God, stand fast in Him. Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be um, disparaged by the world. Don't give up. Keep going. Rejoice. Be thankful when you have tribulation. Be thankful when it's hard. Be thankful when it's easy. Be thankful when you have plenty. And be thankful for anything good that you get from the Lord. Because there are many who don't have anything. There are many who are being hurt. There are many who are being taken advantage of and we may not have to deal with them on a daily basis but we fell into sin in this world so evil is alive and well unfortunately and there's an enemy called Satan who has help um, I believe deceiving many any who will be deceived by him I believe that's one mechanism of his deception is the, the theory of evolution and how it's played out in our society and the Western world. So here at It's a Religion, we start with God's Word. That's the starting point for objective truth. And we look at evidence, scientific evidence, through the lens of the book of the Bible, uh, the Word of God, and say, okay, how can we analyze this evidence based on what we know to be true, which is God's Word? And, you know, science has gone so far as to negate that, to say, oh, we can't even look at God's word. We have to assume that that's not true. Not, not, well, let me put it another way. They don't just 
step back and go, okay, we're not going to look at that first. We're going to look at the facts. And if God's word fits the facts, then we'll trust in what it's saying. They've gone so far as to say, we can't even look at God's word. That is irrelevant. It's religious. It's based on faith. We're going to put our faith and trust in so-called science. Okay, how do you do that? Well, you create things that you can observe today and say, well, this is what happened 10 million years ago. And then you go, well, wait a minute. Were you there to observe that? Well, no, but it's, trust me, it's science. No, 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 wait a minute. Science is, uh, is based on things you can observe and see. I would say there's more scientificness to the Bible than there is in modern-day science because of the way that they handle the truth. So they're both religious folks, and that's, that's the, the theme for this show is based on that. It's a religion. Everything in this life is religious in some way, shape, or form uh, in terms of what you believe about life. So let's go to the Word of God. We're in Genesis the book of Genesis of the Bible, Genesis 16, and we're following the story of the current, still currently called Abram, who was from Ur of the Chaldeans and, and went out uh, to the land of Canaan. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children, so go into my servant that it may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. Now, a couple of things here. I, you know, there's plenty of messages out there on this scripture. But we humans like to take things into our own hands. We don't like to wait for God's timing for things. I am a uh, direct descendant of this and have done plenty of things that I think when I look back, well, yeah, I should have waited. And waited until the situation that God presented to me uh, presented itself and then took action. But I didn't in many cases. But yet, even in and through that, I mean, God knows. He knows the mistakes we're going to make before we even make them. So, you know, he's used that in my life to, to bring me to this point and the things that, that uh, we're doing and, and the things that we're a part of right now. So he'll even use this to the betterment of mankind in a lot of ways and really to achieve his goals and what he wants done with the human race. So after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, uh, her husband, as a wife. So now Abram's got two wives. And he went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. So a lot of times when we sin and we do something of our own will, even if we think it's a great idea, more often than not, it turns out that it, it doesn't end up being that way. So here Sarai does this, and then she's like, well, that was easy. You, that's awful. How can you conceive and I don't? And, you know, I'm just very jealous of her and, and things of that nature. And let, let's go on. And Sarai said to Abram, may the wrong done to me be on you. And then she's blaming him. I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. 
May the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. And Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, and the spring in the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from, and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from my mistress Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her. The angel of the Lord also said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone against him. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. And I believe we've seen this play out uh, with the Arab nation. When you look at all the tumult in the Middle East that's occurred since this day, since Ishmael and the line of Ishmael was born versus the line of Abraham, which is where the Jewish nation comes from. So he called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing, for she said, truly, here I have seen him who looks after me. Therefore, the well was called Bir Lahai Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Barad. And Hagar bore Abram a son. And Abram called the name of his son, whom Hagar bore, Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. So we think dads are old when they're 40 now, right? And uh, here he was 86 and um, had just had his first child. So very interesting when you look at uh, people's reaction to things. I mean, I think about Sarai and Hagar and just the whole dynamic of that. You know, Abram, he was, he was the keeper of that garden. He was the one who, you know, once again, we see it in Adam where he doesn't take responsibility for what God gave him to do. Here, Abram does the same thing. You know, God says a man should be connected to his wife. He doesn't say wives. And they should be one flesh. Well, all of a sudden, through Sarai's desire, at least in her own mind, to have a child, um, she creates this situation. And Abram could have said, no, Sarai, we're going to wait on the Lord. We're going to wait on God. And... See what he does. He promised me a son, and I believe him. So I believe that son is supposed to come through you, or unless he tells me to take Sarai or Hagar for a wife, then that's what we'll do. But yet God knew that Sarai would do this. It wasn't a surprise to him. And so he's going to use that, uh, that child and that nation for things that he wants to accomplish. And, uh, you know, I think that at this point in the world's history, most, you know, a good chunk of that nation has fallen into the deception of Islam and the untruths that it represents because it's not a true religion. It's, it's based on, uh, I think, um, a prophet who was inaccurate at best in what he portrayed to his people. And when you look at how that whole religious endeavor came into being, it's no wonder that it's still violent in a lot of ways with a lot of people. So, um, 
you know, the other things, when you look at our world today, the, uh, the things that go on, you know, I, I look at elections and we look at, uh, all the shenanigans going on now, you know, I look down at Arizona and what's going on there and just what a travesty it is. And it's, all this comes back to a faith battle, people. When at the core of everything is what you believe about life, what you believe about faith, what you believe about God or no God, what you believe about uh, the way things should work, right? And we're all affected by different things. We're all given influences in this life. And you have to decide what you're going to trust in. If you put yourself around people who are trustworthy, are people who uh, don't just want to party and have fun all the time but take life seriously and want to um, accomplish something in this life, that's a different path than sitting around being a gamer for uh, your life, right? And again, I, I'm not chastising the gamer. If he was my own son, I might, but um, because I think there's much more to life to be lived uh, with some type of purpose than to do that, but um, that didn't, that's their choice. So, uh, but it still comes back to um, what do you believe about life? You know, typically that gamer is not going to be somebody who puts their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus will call you out to do things. The The longer you spend with him, the longer you spend time with him and get to know him and trust him, uh, the more he's going to encourage you to do something with the faith that you have, to share it with others, to share the peace that you found in him, to share the trust that you have that you're going to be with him forever one day. So wait on the Lord. The story or the lesson to be learned here. And yet, even when you mess up, God will use it for something good. So be blessed. Have a blessed day. I'm a, I get to go on a date with my wife today, so I'm excited. So we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you, Lord, for the small things like me and her on a poor swing. The summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings if I still got breath in these lungs. And that's all I need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done for my mama, for my friends.